A scarlet costume ejects from his ring. And in a blur of motion, police scientist Barry Allen becomes the Flash, world's fastest human. The Flash, whose speed enables him to vibrate through solid walls and conquer the barriers of time and space in the pursuit of evildoers. The Flash, scarlet speedster for justice. You have no idea what the consequences can be. Bruce, I could fix things. You could also destroy everything. This can't be happening. I completely broke the universe. Sarge, we've been waiting for you. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Want some help? sound of going fast you guys didn't see it but jack was running really really fast that's his running sound. yeah i could do the thing with the the hands that they do in the movie but i don't remember how that is uh but well we'll we'll get to that so welcome to wages of cinema uh we're back uh we have another franchise another movie another blockbuster to unpack another dream Another, <laughs> another wonderful dream. Okay, all right. Cool down, uh, Salvador Dali. Uh, all right. So, but anyway, uh, we're I'm here. Andrew. Andrew's here. Thank you, Andrew. I'm Jack, and I'm Multiverse Matt. Multiverse Matt is here, and Cor- uh, Trash Panda Corey is not with us because she decided to not see this movie. There's another timeline where you did see it. Even a trash panda has her limits. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see if maybe you missed out on something tonight. Or maybe you were correct. But we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, The Flash. Um, well, let me, let me, what did you guys think? Overall impression, it was kind of fun. Okay, good night, everybody. I'm let, let me let me add a little bit to that. I was coming into this film with medium expectations. It's just you know, uh, you know, from every trailer, it seemed that it, like they were really cramming some weird and interesting things into this. And I didn't expect it to be groundbreaking, but I just hope for a lot of fun, and I kind of got that. Okay, that's 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 fair. I think Matt. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, can automatically, I can automatically tell what you're thinking. No, I'm going to get to that. Actually, while you talk, man, I'm just going to grab my drink. Okay. So, while he's gone, I'll tell you, this is an almost great movie. Is that it's really fun up until, like, the last quarter or so. And then it goes, no. And it's like, not, not terribly movie-ruining bad, just, no. Like, it just didn't, like, you know, stick the landing. But up until that, there's... It's a, it's a good eye candy time. Well, I, I... I can agree to that up to a point. I mean, I... I, I can see... Here, here's where I'm at. I, I think that I'm very mixed on this movie. 
You seem very mixed. Yeah, that's... I, I'm... It's hard for me to give, like, a very proper let, thing let to say right off the bat. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel disappointed? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> now, I think I'm not disappointed. Are you disappointed with the sort of gimmicks of the film, or are you disappointed with the film as a film? I don't think... Here's the thing. I think I was more impressed with parts of the movie than I expected, while at the same time, the things I was fearing came to be so. So I guess, in a, in a way, maybe I'm not what disappointed. What were you afraid of, then? I thought it would just be piddling fan service garbage and that it would have action that looked really unconvincing and special effects would look really just ugly to look at. And I will I, grant you that, yes, it is a very fan service film. Oh my god. This, it, do you, what do you think is more fan service this or Rogue One? Oh, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, there are a couple of little bits of fan service that I, that I think were kind of clever. When it wasn't fan service, that was just like, what are, what are we doing here? I'll say this. This <laughs> film has a better story than Rogue One. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll give you that. Like, I, well, here's what I was... In that I was interested in what was happening. Oh, I was too. I, well, and I would say that, like, to Matt's point, I, I think when you were saying, like, the, you, you really liked three quarters of this movie. Yeah. I'd say I'd like half of it. I think, like, the first... I'll almost say like half, like 50 minutes of this movie, I was actually really on board with. I actually really enjoyed how the movie started. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and then even once they established um, what they were going to do with Barry's, uh, <laughs> Barry's Pearl, that's not a spoiler, by the way. Like, if you've seen the trailer, you know, like, Barry Allen uh, somehow figures out. To how to go back in time, and he meets uh, his slightly younger self, and he and younger Barry are going to go and try to fix things slash make things worse. Um, and I enjoyed all that setup. I even enjoyed how they when they established uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. But then it start. I started to feel it started to lose me a bit when they introduced. Um, is it Kara El? Kara Zorel. I got remember the middle name. Uh, Kara Zorel, and you know, aka Supergirl, and it just kind of went downhill from there. And I was just like, I don't enjoy this anymore. And I pinpoint- at a certain point, it stops being this story about uh, Barry Allen and his efforts, and it becomes much more of a spectacle. Yes. Uh, because at that point, all the stuff that we see in the trailers starts to really take over the film. Exactly. And the little parts of the story that we had between these two Barrys, that only pops up sporadically as they're trying to find their way through this much larger, you know, visual... Uh, yeah. Much more visual part of the film. Yeah. Well, and I think it's... Basically, when all the fireworks start happening... The story of the two Barrys kind of gets buried in, 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 underneath it. It gets buried? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Well I had to work one in. 
Um, no, I think what what I it, I kind of realized it about maybe at two thirds of the way in, and and I think at the very end they tried to wrap it all up in you know to to try to come back to the emotional part of it, and but I, it was also. Consumed within a much larger vat of fan service. Exactly, in a vat of fan service, and it, it it was hard not to you know part of it. And I know it's, I know it's not fair entirely to the filmmakers. I know they weren't making this thinking about this other thing I'm going to mention, but I can't help it. You know, two weeks ago, you know, we had Across the Spider Verse, and. That film, I was thinking about that here and there in this movie, but in a good way, as well as not a good way. In the, in the good way, it was that when when one of these movies really focuses on some, you know, the more personal, specific, you know, aspects, when it's really honing in on, you know, the familial part of all of this, where you you know you get to see. You know how Barry interacts with his parents, uh, played here by the way by uh, Ron Livingston and uh, Maribel Verdu. Um, I think that works really well. I really like their everything with them. I, it's like when there's a scene where Barry calls his dad in jail. Um, yeah. And I, we should. And I, by the way, we're kind of jumping all over the place. There's a major part of the story, of course, is. Part of Barry Allen's origin, which is that his his dad was, you know, framed for killing his mother. He's in jail. There might be evidence that, you know, is exculpatory. And, you know, will, you know what will happen with that? And that, I think, was set up so well that it, it kind of clashes with what comes, you know, everything afterward, where it just becomes this visual effects soup. Yeah, they, they went too big at the end. But at the same time, it's smaller than the Flashpoint crossover that it's inspired by. <laughs> so that was a good move, but not small enough. Well, so uh, well, I was gonna, well, I was going to ask you, Matt. So I, I vaguely remember in the Flash TV show, is that also like his dad like is framed for killing yes, his mother too? Yes, they the same Flashpoint yeah. origin. Yeah. Character. And in that, he's also like... a. I don't think I got to this point in the show. Eventually, he does also want to go back to try to fix yeah, that. Yeah, they do Flashpoint. Actually, I like the, the TV show version of Flashpoint because I think that's the most condensed and personal version of it that they've done mm. so far in all these assorted adaptations that have sprung up since they introduced it. So yeah. how about we talk a little bit about what happens in the film, the plot? Yes. Okay, so basically, this is the story of Barry Allen, The Flash, He's trying to, he's, you know, he's a superhero. He ends up doing a lot of the sort of heavy lifting while the other superheroes do a bunch of the more exciting yeah. work. Yeah, as he says, he's accepted, quote, you know, I'm the janitor of the Justice League. But he's also trying to get his dad out of prison. His dad has been wrong, wrongfully convicted of murdering his wife. And so he struggles with that. He struggles with the fact that his mother, you know, has been murdered. Basically, life is unfair, and he's kind of trying to deal with it the way he can. And then he learns that he can travel through time. Yeah, it, it almost it kind of happens in a. I guess would you? I guess we call it an organic way. He just starts running, and he runs so fast he 
you know, does the Superman the movie thing where he, you know, goes so fast he turns back time. Although I gotta say, this makes a more sense. More plausibility to this. <laughs> yeah. Although we're talking about two different things. Right of course, now. of course. Yeah. I gotta say, I this this is a very simple story. A guy yeah. learns that he can go back in time and save the saves his loved ones, but that has consequences. And so when it is just that story, like Barry Allen, he goes back. Keeps his mom from being murdered, goes back and sees her as an adult, where it's like she lived and yeah. he has all life, and he runs into himself. Yeah, well, and his, his he, self he, he is insufferable. Well, well, he yeah, and, and we should explain <laughs> like he gets like kicked by a person that we don't know who it is, right? I um, mean, can we say who that I, is? Because I don't, I'm not sure. No. Maybe you should save that for the. That's spoiler. not quite a spoiler. Let's, 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 but he somehow, it's a whole you know, fish. in in the Oscar Isaac speak, but in a good way, somehow yeah. he goes into a timeline, <laughs> and you know he meets his younger yeah he meets his younger self, and and then he realizes oh uh, this universe I'm in, you know there's no. Uh, Aquaman, he wasn't born. Uh, th- there's no uh, Diana, Wonder Woman. There's no uh, Cyborg. Um, there's and and yet you know and when he asks about and also Superman, you know there's no like wh- who is that? And but then when he asks about Batman, like some friends of his in the room are like, I'm Batman. You know, <laughs> of course they all do the voice, but it is as you've seen in the trailers, the Batman Bruce Wayne played by. Michael Keaton. And so he, you know, he, he, but he asks his help, old man, Batman, to, you know, try to help. So here's the thing. I'm going to talk, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ezra Miller and not the controversial stuff. I want to talk about his performance in this. It's like, it's hard to really, it was hard for me to kind of get attached to him until he had to be, until they had to be the straight man against themselves. Um, when, in a way, like, yeah. What as uh, as it turns out, Ezra Miller has to play Barry Allen against Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. Yeah, and who's a younger version of themselves? They have to. Yeah. Well, they, well it's basically he, he's you know the the Barry Allen who travels in time has already spent you know a considerable amount of years as the Flash. And this character that he meets as the Flash is not the Flash yet. In fact, he literally has to help him, you know, become the Flash in the moment. But he's also a very different person, implicitly because his mother has been alive these many years. I guess. Well, it's. I mean, what I liked is, you know, and I, 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 I appreciated that the movie makes clear, you know, when you meet the younger version of yourself... Your younger self is a lot more obnoxious. Yeah, but yeah. he also hasn't like learned the responsibility that the original timeline Barry has because he's grown up with like loving family who I guess like coddled him and supported him. He never had to be like rise up and get mature. Like so, he's inseparable. In yeah, yes, he is. It, yeah, it almost seems like uh, God. I can't say a spoiler for Across the Universe because a lot of you haven't seen it, but it's almost like a flip side. Of what we might expect Across to see in the next one is the Julie Taymor <laughs> Across the Spider-Man. Across the Universe, across starring Spider Man. Spider Man, Spider Man crossover. Yeah, which incidentally Julie Taymor did the Spider Man musical. But we're getting off track. Um, 
Yeah, no, I I get what you mean, Andrew. Like it, he, he, you know, them, you know, Ezra Miller, they they're doing a really uh, fun job, you know, playing off of each other. Although I will say, I think it's it was fun for me until it wasn't. I think by a certain eventually, point, they got graded. the film overplays that, where it's just like, at a certain point, younger Barry Allen has got to sort of wise up. To and he doesn't. Life. Right. Like, and, he kind of does near the end, but, like, it just... There was a certain point... He gets better, but, like, uh, it, he kind of he kind of stick, stays with it too long. It's like, if you... It, there can be a little too much Ezra Miller in yeah. a movie. But I think the original timeline Barry... Is actually good because it made me forget real life Ezra Miller. Like he was actually like giving a good performance, and he seemed grounded and a reasonable person. But then we get to the younger Barry, who's just insufferable and obnoxious, and it seemed like, oh, that's kind of what I picture real life Ezra Miller being. And I, I, there's too much of him. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if someone's gonna write like a dissertation about like, you know. The Ezra Miller we know, and the Ezra Miller we don't know, and how they mix. Yeah. And all that. that said, I think that Ezra Miller did a pretty good job. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, like, what I was worried about going into this uh, was that, in a sense, you know, when you watch the Justice League, you know, and of course, you know, we've talked about Justice League, you know, there are big problems with that movie. And I'm sure that, you know, and I watched some of the, you know, Zack Snyder Justice League director's cut. And that, that doesn't solve a lot of the problems for me. Uh, it only emphasizes a lot of the things. But my thought in watching that is, wait, well, they've kind of made The Flash, like, the comic sidekick. You know, if you make the comic sidekick the lead character of your movie, is that going to really work? But they make it work immediately in this movie in that opening action scene. Yes. yes. And I was surprised how much I was enjoying myself in that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a... They, they that's went a, all out. They went all out, and I was like... You want to see the Flash save eight babies falling out of a skyscraper? <laughs> well, well, guess what? <laughs> and that was just like a classic... like. That was just embracing what I love in superhero movies. It almost felt like something closer to, like, a Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Like right. something they would have done in that. Only this, they... And in that, that was... What was interesting, too, looking back at, like, the rest of the movie in total, is the visual effects in that scene are actually really solid. Yeah. Like, that actually looks... That's a really cool-looking scene. A lot and of then, the babies don't hold up to scrutiny. No, but, but, I, was, for that. but I, I was okay. But really? I was okay with they that. They used the freshest babies possible, and they threw them out a window. One of them, I think, was the director's child. Oh, good child engagement. <laughs> you can do that when you produce the own child, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, yeah, but that sets up, like, you know, that this, this is a very... Uh, you know he's an aware, but also you know he 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 he's a he's a Barry Allen who has like this you know this kind of self knowing goofiness, but he's also you know like almost every superhero damaged in kind of an emotional way. Sure. Um, and yeah, I, I get what you're uh, yeah. It sets up all of that pretty well, and he, and then once you go back in time initially, 
that all is uh, quite entertaining as you also see, you know, this younger uh, Barry Allen get his powers and the awkwardness of not knowing how to use them. Yeah. And that is an entertaining set piece too when he kind of runs amok. Um, and uh, and again, when, and when they first meet uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, that's also pretty fun. I think it's, again, once they meet Kaurazor, it's like, it's just, that's where I think it started to become like, well, we now have to kick into this kind of movie. And I just checked out so hard. It kind of makes sense thematically that this is like sort of like book ending that the Snyderverse era of the DC films that bring it back to a Man of Steel type um big final fight yeah. type thing but at the same time it would have felt more flash centric if they had used like someone who's a specific flash villain to fight yeah that's the that's a great point yeah like the problem is you know the villain in this once again is general zod you know michael shannon is back and although his presence in this is minimal and yeah, he's seems... it's minimal, but he's still being there in all of the, you know, Kryptonian, you know, like production design and all of the ships and characters. It just reminds me, you know, of what I despise about <laughs> like these Snyder movies. It's just so ugly and garish and wooden and like, ugh. yeah. And there's so many flash villains you could have brought in here. We could have had Mark Hamill in this movie. We could have had Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, Gorilla Grodd. You're right. <laughs> we know that was never going to happen because they were going to tell this Flashpoint story. But, but here's the thing. No. in there who you can possibly use. But, and he wasn't in it. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to, like, I think a lot of the fan servicey stuff is spoilers. So should we just get into spoilers? Yeah. Or is there other things we should uh, say generally about the movie? No, no. Like, I, I like the special effects for the most part. I know that a lot of them <laughs> uh, didn't... I have a question. Oh. Okay. All right. So, you said the movie really fell off for you once they introduced Supergirl. I want a general take on what you think of the Supergirl character. Okay, I'm interested in this because I... Enjoyed the Supergirl TV show, and Melissa Benoist did such a good job. I struggle to think of anyone else doing half of what she did All with right. the role. So please give me your like short take on was Supergirl a good character in this movie? Yes or no? Well, you All know right. what? Well, let's ask. Well, Andrew, you you don't you have not seen the show, no. so I would actually like your take on on her first. Okay. Well, Supergirl in this film. She doesn't have a great deal to do. She kind of is this sort of... There's, She's almost a plot device. Not, not necessarily. It's like there's this red herring of Superman. It's like we got to find Superman so that he can help fight Zod. Uh, they try to find Superman. Instead of finding Superman, they find Kara. And they bring her back and free her from this prison. And she eventually sort of just decides to help them because she doesn't like Zod. And so that's kind of her arc. It's it's a minimal arc. She doesn't have much Very else minimal. to do. Uh, yeah, well, I think and the, the although only, she does yeah. have things like there well, are later parts where she's talking to Zod, and there's a little more, but it's not particularly necessary. 
but you know they give her very little to do. She's not bad. No, but, but like uh, what's the name of the actress who plays uh, Sasha Cali? Sasha Cali. Sasha Cali. Yeah, like, she's I'm not good. As... Like she puts on that that suit, and it's just like the the sort of the appearance of the characters is quite stunning, uh, and I think that's that like visually she's quite impressive. But it's just like aside from that, the character doesn't have to do much. So it's like if you're a fan of Supergirl and you loved the work that. Uh, that the other people, other people did in it. That's fine, but it's just like, well, there was an entire series where they were where she was doing stuff. This is just like one thing, and then it's done. Yeah. So Corey, there's really well, not much to well, write home well, about. Right. Okay. So, well, Matt, Corey, you're not gonna like this version of Supergirl because she's very different from the Melissa Benoist version because they have two different backstories. This one. What firm she came to Earth, she'd been captured and put in prison for years. So she's all very sullen and doesn't have any human interaction really. And sort of doesn't even like humans very much because of what they did to her. So she's very glum. So she's not the, the upbeat, sunny, ice cream loving I, I'll make it more, Ooh. I'll make it succinct. She is a Supergirl who comes out of the Snyderverse. I, I hate to say it in that way. And I think she, I think the actress does as good a job as she can and probably is actually, I, I think she actually channels that more gloomy, like actor demeanor than like Henry Cavill did for me. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I think what, as Andrew said, it doesn't help that they don't give her that much to do. Her literal arc is just, you know, she doesn't like humans until she hears that Barry Allen saved her because, you know, you were in, you know, you, I saved you. That's what I do. That, and that somehow gives her the motivation to save humanity, I guess. But the thing is, that I don't think that she'd be a bad Supergirl if they wrote her in a more traditional way. Like, the actress could probably do, like, a good traditional Supergirl without possibly. this very dystopian backstory. But like it's just not the one that's presented here. Yeah, I, I think if you if you actually like the the Snyder movies, I think she actually fits All into it well. All twelve of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the internet would make you believe there are a lot more than that, Andrew. All twelve. <laughs> <laughs> we hear you in your basements. Um, no offense to basements, um, but yeah, so that's where I, I'm coming. Like. I think it would have been more interesting if they had cast... They didn't have to have Melissa Benoist in this. I don't think we necessarily had to... You know, because they're not including TV versions here. Except... Well, again, it's a spoiler for later. But they could have maybe cast someone just a little... Maybe just a little, like, brighter in, like, emotion. I'm not trying... Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, again, the actress is good. I don't know good. what you're trying to say either. She's, like... She's just so, like, like, gothy. Well, it makes sense for someone who's been, like, stuck in prison for years when they come to this planet trying to save their cousin. Like, mm. so, you know. But once she, be, but once she like, puts on the suit. This like, is not an acting problem. Yeah, this is a no, writing This is a character and a writing problem. But I think that's what I'm getting at. I shouldn't blame the actress. Yes. I mean, it's more of, like, the actress did what she could. I'm looking maybe more at a different kind of casting, but then that's no. a what if I'm not going to get into. You're supposing that the character should have been written completely differently. Yes. Well, a little more into... 
It's an alternate universe Kara who's not like the Kara that you're expecting. So that's I guess what I'm, and the film's not about her anyway. Yeah. I think why I'm what I'm trying to get at is if you have this universe that has a Michael Keaton Batman, then does it have to be a Supergirl that feels like it's from the Snyderverse? Well, they're using the Zod and the Feyora from the Snyderverse, so it makes yeah. sense that you would use a Supergirl that's yeah. also from Who's that. Who's the well. bigger star here? Michael Keaton? Or, so, yeah, so, so, all right. So, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off track. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> the, thing is, we're, the thing we're trying to tell you, Jack, is that you're wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. Okay. No, I like the actress. I like the actress. I I went off on this track, and I don't mean to say anything bad because she does a good job. Okay. I guess I'm just disappointed in how the character is presented. I got what you were saying, Jack. I don't think you were wrong. You two are married. That's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, so if it was a Supergirl movie, I would agree that they mishandled her, but she's a supporting character in an overstuffed Flash movie. So yeah. So it's Good that we got what we got because All right. yeah. let's cut to the chase. Michael Keaton. Good. Yeah. I Fun. wanted you to answer this because Batman has been a bigger movie for you than it has, it has. been for me. All so right. they show up at Wayne Manor, Michael Keaton shows up. What yeah. are your first thoughts? Well, my first thoughts is they I guess you know actually you know what it reminded me of, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. It reminded me of how they introduce um uh uh, Xavier in Days of Future Past right. when they go back to the 70s. And obviously he goes into, like, I'm going to kick your ass mode a lot more than he does. Um, but I I didn't... I, I enjoyed how they introduce him. I think he's... He still finds the character. Like, I enjoy how he does that. Where I'm going to... Where I... Where I have an issue is more where they end up taking... The character once he's in the action scenes because it just becomes like all right well you're still you're still batman but they've just kind of put you into like this crappy looking visual effect soup and i just don't like how this is looking for me but it, that, that's not to do like to blame his character i don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah a little bit <laughs> i i know i mean I, no i look he this movie, the original Burton Batmans meant a lot to me. They meant a lot to, I think, all of us. Uh, Not me. <laughs> you like the movies, don't I you? I like it. It doesn't mean a lot to me. Well, all right. Then Matt and Corey. Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, well, Matt, do you feel at all the same way? How do you think they, they handled him? I always liked how they handled him because he felt very different than the Burton Batman's Batman, but he still kind of had that same sense of, like, weirdness or, or not weird like little he's a little madness. off kilter yeah he's a little he's a little off because like he's just, older but he still has that yeah this it just brought more to the fore because like he's sort of like and this is he feels more relaxed and kind of happy because in this universe gotham has actually become less crime ridden because of him so right. he's like relaxed and at ease and like at peace more than we've seen him but like that when the flashes well, come to him he get that, that that spark of madness kicks back in and yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he meets a fellow person who's, you know, lost parents. <laughs> so that's going to, you know, have an impact. Yeah. No, I like the, the I get the little bit of madness. Um, although that then leads to a line which I knew was coming because it was in the trailer. And yet I still rolled my eyes so hard because that line was just such fan service. 
and it, like it, it the pro it's like it doesn't it's like why have that because it's like it's such a quotable line it's a quotable line but like it's the context of that line was a moment where he just lost his cool and suddenly he's saying it again like all only because we know the line it's like the bart simpson say it say it say it you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yay! The problem with this in both the times that he says it is that it's never followed up with product placement for planters peanuts. And I think that's <laughs> such a big missed opportunity. If it, was, if it was a Korean melodrama, they'd have that. Especially since Mr. Peanut looks like the penguin. They... <laughs> I feel cheated that the planters peanuts company hadn't reached out to WB uh. to get their tie-in for that. You but, want to get nuts? Get planters salted nuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the Flash is actually hungry in this, like so he could be chowing down on nuts while they're in the bat plane, bat wing, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm not sure this necessarily makes the film better. Oh, it would. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, yeah, so I, I enjoy, I thought, yeah, they, they did as well with the character as they could have. You know, do I still enjoy him more in the Burton movies? Yeah. And I think it's also just the context of when that was made too. It was like those movies were, you know, of that era of like the last gasp of like we're gonna do things with practical effects you know real you know impressive sets and they do and they like when they show the bat cave in this it's okay but then when they get to like everything that he's using like they try to they do like the one thing of like well he has old uh equipment so you know he's not really as you know sharp as we might expect but that's part of his charm um Sort of like the the thing that neither of you have seen this, but when you watch Top Gun Maverick, it's like, oh, he's now got to operate like the old plane at the end. One of those kind of things. Uh, Top Gun Maverick people will know that. Um, but I don't know. Like, again, I like what they do with, like, in terms of what he's doing with the character, yeah, he, he finds an interesting take on it. But what they ultimately do, yeah, it's still an overstuffed Flash movie. And he he has to try to hold on to himself in the midst of, like, the action they throw him into. There are yeah. some Flash supporting characters that show up in this movie, but they have very little to do. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Maybe that... Well, is that... I don't know if that's a spoiler question, too. Like, Oh, uh, you can save it for a second. All right, I will. You guys should just get to spoilers already. Hey, don't rush us. Don't rush us, lady. Well, we no, we want to unpack some of the central characters, and I think we have. Um, My my final pre-spoiler thoughts on this movie are that, like, if I mean, if you really are in love with like the DC movies, if you've seen all of them, sure, go ahead and see this. I mean, if you're someone who is going because you you know, are just wanting to see Michael Keaton again as Bruce Wayne Batman, you'll have maybe some fun time. But at the same time, if you're going into this and you aren't familiar with a number of these movies, you may feel uh, maybe a little lost with some of what they've established. Although in terms of the opening like half hour to 50 minutes of the movie, they do a good enough job that 
you know, if you if you are going in cold, they do basically give you the gist of Barry Allen slash Barry Allen's, so you can keep going. It's just I just didn't like the action in the last half. I just thought it was like so terrible looking. It just looked like like, and I also don't like the visual effects when they're showing him in the. What do they call that when he's in, like, the past? Like, the time ball? The time, the time ball. See, I liked those. I, I liked it initially, but, like, it got to a point where I was just like, I don't like how this looks. I think this is starting to wear on me, and it's kind of an eyesore. I think so many people died. <laughs> so many people died for this movie to be There's made. a scene where Supergirl just, like, punching the hell out of people. It's just like, those people... Are not getting up again. They are not. They they are dead. Which again, it falls, which again so falls in line with uh, and, and like, you know murder it. murder man Superman. And, and, and I get it. Where it's just like you know, she, you know, she's escaped and she's not going back in. But no. it's just like, oh man! Every time I saw her punch somebody, I'm like, yes, that man's rib cage is oh, dust. Oh, I want to say one more nice thing. I I like the score for this movie. I don't know why, like, I, the score actually was kind of jaunty and fun for a lot of the movie. Like, I wish I knew who did the score. Is it Benjamin Wolfish? Is it? I thought I saw his name in the credits. Okay. I, I don't know who that is, but, like, I, I thought he brought, like, for like for a lot of little set pieces, like, he, like for example, when Barry Allens are, you know, like, he gets the younger Barry Allen to get his powers and he loses his for a bit in the movie... The, like, the music in that scene, I was just like, ooh, this is, like, a fun action movie kind of music. Yeah. Sorry. All right, Matt? No. And Andrew? Oh. Uh, no final thoughts before we get to spoilers. All right. So let's just get into spoilers. So if you are worried about spoilers, go and, you know, run into another timeline. Uh, if you are uh, okay with listening to us uh, go on about everything in this movie, then keep... Listening to everything, everywhere all at once. No, it's a different movie. Um, <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. That overgrown bug is really lethal. Must locate it. Like a human helicopter, the Flash rotates his body, rising faster, faster. There it goes. I'll catch up with it in a flash. Flash. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. The yeah. Nicholas Cage Superman is in this movie. A, Why? Because Teen Titans Go Why? to the Movies did it first. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to posit a hypothetical situation. Imagine that you had seen this movie sort of knowing who the Flash was. But you had no idea what any of the other stuff meant. You never seen Superman. You never heard any of the information about trying to do a Superman movie back in the nineties and right. the tens. Uh, you didn't. You know nothing of old Superman. Imagine you're just a person who knows very little about comic books, but they think this Flash movie is going to look kind of good. Imagine seeing the end of this movie. Right. It would be like the ending of two thousand and one. But it's weird though because the the like when they're showing all of these different timelines, they're also showing, you know, things that people 
would probably know. Like, people who are even older than us, they know Christopher Reeve as Superman. They know, um... And that other lady. What's her name? Helen Slater. Good old Helen Slater. In that Supergirl movie, which you can go back and listen to our review, by the way. Corey and I talked about that and how much we found that lame for very different reasons. Um, But yeah, but for those who don't know, uh, because again, some of you listening might not know this history. So in the mid-90s, they want to try to bring back Superman again. Uh, this is post-Christopher Reeve. They, um, the studio... Pre-Brandon Routh. Pre-Brandon Routh, yes. And Kevin Smith, if you actually Google uh, Kevin Smith Superman, you can get this story in a much more hilarious <laughs> and, you know... And that's how a lot of people know about this. As soon as I saw that ice spider... Well, yeah, well, all right. So basically, so Kevin Smith was hired to write uh, a Superman movie. It was being produced by John Peters, who also produced Batman. But it was like, you know, you hear about people who are miscast in movies. This was like misproducered and misdirected. He's like, I got some directives for you if you're going to move forward on the process. Some things I want you to do and don't in the script. He's going three things. Okay, I said, all right. One, I don't want to see him in that suit. Two, I don't want to see him fly. And three, he's got to fight a giant spider in the third act. And I'm like, let's, let's go back to one. When you say you don't want him in the suit, he's like, don't want to see him in it. Don't want it. It looks too faggy, he goes. And I was just like, no... Fags on the street, I take it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't say that because I want the fucking job. So uh, he said, flying, flying. I don't want to see him fly. I said, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the suit and flying defines Superman. So don't want to see it. Don't want to see him fly. No scenes where he's flying around carrying people. Horseshit. <laughs> said, all right, all right, no flying. I said, but the giant spider intrigues me. Why, uh, why that? And he's like, do you know anything about spiders? And I said, I mean, no. And he said, well, they're the fiercest killers in the insect kingdom. <laughs> and I was like, what's, what's that have to do with our non-flying Superman? And it was basically like John Peters had all these ideas about who to cast as Superman. At first he wanted Sean Penn, but then that didn't happen. Then he cast. Then they cast Nicolas Cage, and they brought on um, uh, Tim Burton to direct. And that and it just there's all like all of which are terrible. Ideas. Yeah, there's another. There's a whole documentary about this too. And I, I mean, there's a. I was dumbfounded by that. I like, I almost, I applaud them. And at the same time, I just watched that and I'm like, but this didn't exist. This, this was an idea. The These were pictures have, on the internet. That's kind of what the whole, the whole but, sort of joke about Back to the Future is all about. Eric Stoltz. Uh, all right. Fair enough. And they I talk guess. about this joke. Although of, they started filming with Eric Stoltz. The, this joke goes through the third act, first act and disappears for most of the film. Where in the universe that Barry Allen has created by going back in time to save his mother, 
Eric Stoltz was the lead in Back to the Future, a fact which confuses Barry Allen, who insists it was Michael J. Fox, but he doesn't understand quite yet that he's messed up the universe this much. And so it's just like, yeah, in this, in that universe, or, you know, Back to the Future was different. In this universe, there must be another universe where that Nicolas Cage, Tim Burton movie got made. Yeah, and well, like in I said... In a way, it's a weird sort of meta-commentary. I and guess. And it's just as valid as any of the other things that they've thrown in here. Right, but it's just, they... It was just weird that they took so much time to show that, that's all. Like, I just, it's just such a an in-joke and they put it at like in this moment in the movie when you're supposed to be getting into like the you know you're this is like the emotional climax of the movie do you remember when we saw batman v superman yes and there was the entire nightmare sequence yes. that batman had uh-huh that's what this feels like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so many things that you would never understand unless you were like unless you were like a real fan you mean when they had... Oh, you mean like... Well, you know what they should have done? They should have had... They should that, have not made Pat... No, no, no. But, you know, you just gave uh-huh. me a thought. That was a different actor playing the Flash in that scene, right? When oh, yeah. the Flash appeared in Batman v no, Superman? No, no, that was Ezra Miller, too. That really? was? Yes, that was No, Ezra I Miller. thought that was a different actor. No, they actor. just put, like, a, his shitty future costume on him. But his face, he the had, face looks different. Yes, they put a beard on him to show that he's from a dystopian future. No, he didn't back. have a beard, did he? Yeah, he, he did. had a beard. because well, he appeared in in this Flash costume, but I thought that was another no, actor. It was, no, it was the Flash in, like, really? a, a shitty, like, oh, future costume. I've, I've seen that scene recently. It didn't look like Ezra Miller, and it didn't sound like Ezra no. Miller. No. And so I'll believe you, but it's just, like, that entire possibility that Ezra Miller... Was the Flash in that scene completely never crossed my mind? <laughs> no, like I said, I was more. I just thought like if maybe they should have had like another Flash actor in the movie. They though. had a Jay Garrick, but I wasn't sure who was playing him. Okay, like did they show another Flash? Yes, like, they did. Yeah, they showed yeah. the black and white Flash from oh. wearing the winged helmet. And but was that what was that? Did they have a? Was that that actor, or was I'm it... not sure who was playing the Jay Garrick Flash, okay. but he was there. Yeah, and by the way, like I knew about this going in. Um, yeah, Christopher Reeve is in the movie for he's several in seconds. The movie. Well, I mean, he's in he's the. Right, he's in this film as much as Peter Cushing is in. Rome. Or, or well, or Harold Ramis in Ghostbusters Afterlife, exactly. and I honestly, I thought I'd be more pissed off seeing him in this. I, I, it was so it was so quick that I I was like all right fine I don't like it not that he looked very convincing I don't like he this he was essentially essentially a special effect I know why they're doing this stuff because now they can with the, you know because of how far visual effects have come although in this case I actually don't think it looked very good not great no, no it looked like ass <laughs> sorry I have to be honest. <laughs> I mean, is, well, they also had Adam West as Batman. This too. was the fan part of the film, which yeah. is also like the dopiest part because there's like here's a bunch of brightly colored worlds that are bonking into each other because yeah. the it just stopped the movie so cold. Much. Yeah, it, it felt like they had to. It, it felt like again the thing I, I was joking earlier about product placement 
in, in, in reference to Corey. Um, we have a running gag between us because Corey watches a lot of Korean uh, TV shows. And in these shows, they have, like, the, like, most blatant, like, uh, obscene, like, product placement that just kind of stops a show cold. This was like that. This is, like, product placement for other DC properties, but it's not, but it's, it, it was weird because it should have been organic and it wasn't. No. So that's I was trying to bring it back to you, Corey. Protein time. <laughs> See, that's an in joke. We'll talk about that off mic. Uh, um. So other th- in in that respect, where it's like if you understand exactly what they're doing, then it doesn't seem that bad. But again, it's just like well, the execution. Here's another forth. thing that they just threw in. Yeah, I think it's all, and I almost feel like it's maybe like some. They thought, well, audiences might expect this because we're Who showing... Who would expect this? <laughs> well, no, the, the fans, quote-unquote. The fans are expecting to see, like, every DC character. And they didn't deliver. It was just, like, basically Batman and Superman, but they didn't have, like, a variety of, like, Wonder Woman or, like, any or anybody yeah, else. Yeah, you could have had it. other characters. Like, I even... But I almost feel like in... The main story, too, like, you could have even had other characters that, you know, not just Batman yeah, but and, even, and I think, Supergirl. I think you maxed out on, like, cameo characters for that because it's already too many non-Barry people happening. But, it's like... But, but yeah. maybe if they... What I mean is maybe if they spaced it out. It's okay. almost like, you know, you've had this big meal of a movie... You know, you feel kind of overstuffed. It's like, here's this giant dessert! Don't you want this? And it's like, no! Look, I'm just happy we finally got to see Superman fighting a mechanical robot after decades being <laughs> promised it. I don't understand why that's, people say that's like the dumb part of Superman Lives when there's so much else wrong with the very concept. I mean, Superman fighting a giant spider seems like, yeah, that should happen. There's no reason not sure. to happen. Oh, no, no. I, sure that happened I, I, I don't, not, I'm not arguing that point. I think it's just seeing that in a theater you're right andrew i felt like i was having that batman v superman nightmare yeah. it's like this is what hollywood has given me like this is an easter egg this is sort of like the last gasp of what for lack of a better word the snyder verse because well, what I'm, we've had from basically batman v superman going into justice justice league, league ending with this is basically overstuffed films with stories that get lost in the action. Yeah. Uh, sometimes dodgy special effects. And really, you know, fan service on top yeah. of fan service. I mean, and I'll, it's just yeah. like, this one was one of the least offensive versions of yeah. that. Where it was just like, well, we're going to wrap it up, so we're going to put in as much as we got. We're going to throw in the rest into like a weird stew. And we're gonna have some decent character work from our from our actors, yeah. and we're gonna throw in you know the cameo of you know the, yeah. the sort of you know we're gonna bring back the sort of real uh, you know heartwarming performance again. We're gonna have Michael Keaton as Batman, and so that's the way of just like well we saved the best for last. It's a little less cluttered, and it's a way less bombastic. You know what this makes me wonder, Matt. And I, this is more speculative, and I'll get to what you were saying, Andrew, in a second. What do you think they would have done with Keaton and Batgirl? Um, 
guess they would have had the story about... Like, does this take place... Would that have been after The Flash? I, I don't know. It could be in Elseworld because they have the multiverse. Yeah, so I guess. Be, or they could have maybe... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, but anyhow, the, the They point... could have brought back Val Kilmer. Well, <laughs> did they bring him no, back? They, they no, though they can't really. He's... Did Did anybody else notice Captain Boomerang in the, the time ball when he went back the first no, time? No, I it, thought I saw him. No, it, it's hard to. See. That's what I mean. That like I don't. I it wasn't was, as impressed. Kind of hard to tell. I wasn't as impressed with the visual there. effects in the time ball as you were, Matt, because a lot of the faces looked so smoothed out, and they were so like, yeah. like you really had to look. Quick because of how the camera was moving past them like i think you could do that scene i think better but it just felt like something about it felt rushed like what what the visual effects artists did there and i'm sure well, they did as best they could but I, it just didn't look good i felt that that was novel at <clears> first <throat> but then they kept repeating it to show that it is like unnatural and that you shouldn't keep doing that, that because it is unnerving and it's creepy and this whole reality breaking down and multiplying ad infinitum. So I was fine with that. That's, that's not a bad interpretation. Yeah. I mean, eventually, when you do this enough, you realize what's happening that borders are being torn in between realities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that they kind of put in at the end. And then, you know, we sort of yeah. get these glimpses into other things. But then it's just, you know... Like, I don't need my special effects to look, like, realistic all the time. Like, I think that they made, like, a visual swing with no, this. No, so. no, no. I get that, too. I think it's just... I've also... I've just seen, I think, comparing, you know... You know, there have been other movies just even as of late. Like, even in Guardians, you know, 3, which we just saw. Like, that also has, like... Uh, a lot of visual stuff thrown at you, but that, but it still has a little more like texture. Yeah, maybe but, that's the word Guardians I'm looking also for. Also, didn't do any space time continuum breaking stuff. It was basically like more grounded special effects. No, uh, but let's but, but, not forget too. The other thing we're hopefully going to say goodbye to with this whole universe is troubled productions. Yeah, <laughs> I mean this film. Well, was... well, I, I'm going to blow your mind. Well, you know what's even more meta about all that Back to the Future stuff? You know, who was originally supposed to direct this, Robert Zemeckis. Oh, so I wonder if that's a holdover from when he was going to make the movie, which would have actually been like really clever. Well, they were working on this whole Flashpoint sort of script for many, many years. Yeah, it was like almost like a decade in production. Yeah, yeah. and you know they've been trying to make a Flash film for a very long time. Eventually, they sort of settled on see, Flashpoint, see what, and that was sort of became became a big event. What they should have had as a time ball was the unmade George Miller Justice League movie. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows that yep. he was going to make one, and like Army Hammer was going to play Batman. I can see that. <laughs> Which, talk about the meta on top of meta, like Ezra right. Miller, Army Hammer. You so, have chosen a more meta universe than Superman lives. Well, yeah. But, so let's talk about how much Dark Flash sucks. <laughs> That's what we were explain. getting to earlier. Yeah, Dark... Uh, so Dark... No, sorry. I, want, I want Matt to explain. Okay. No, okay, so it's Dark... <laughs> no. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Making Matt explain everything. Okay, like, thanks, Matt. All right. All right, no, but Matt, so what, what is this idea of Dark Flash? Dark Flash is something I just made up for the movie. 
So that's not in the like the show or anything. Nope. Well, I mean, they're actually in the show. They have season. Don't they, two, have, they have like a Savitar, who is basically the same thing as Dark Flash, and they both look shitty and they suck. <laughs> yeah, like, it, that's that was part of what I was thinking as far as like also the eyesoreness of it. It's like that's He's the kind of like Flash Doomsday. It's, yeah. If they rolled Flash around in Venom. <laughs> yeah. Well. We don't like how you're besmirching the name of Venom, Matt. <laughs> but, yeah, so anyhow, so the Dark Flash is the future version of the younger Flash that keeps traveling back in time trying to save his timeline, which is doomed to be destroyed by Zod and the Kryptonians no matter what they do. And so he keeps getting, like, weird black spike shit on him every time he does this and it's making every all time he goes other... back and fails yeah every time he fails and he's been doing this for decades and all brightly colored worlds start bonking off his time world and he is just really stupid and for some reason he's the guy that kicks the flash into his younger timeline in because the first in, place in his efforts to redo oh. this timeline well no no that he has decided to kick flash into his universe to make him so so that so that he, he will have powers yes so although but, i do like how very much how they dispose of him where it's like the younger version of himself sacrifices himself to save flash and then ends up killing old flat yes, so he's created by a paradox and he dies by a paradox there's yeah. nothing about this, he feels really tacked on just because I figured we need like a third act villain, and for some reason we don't Part want to use the Reverse Flash, even though the Reverse Flash is both the arch nemesis of Barry Allen and the guy who kills Nora Allen, and we don't right. Have him well, in that's movie. and that and you know that's a you that is a thread that they don't, yeah they never address that. Like if you go into this movie not knowing about Reverse Flash. Like, you don't know, like, you might wonder, like, well, who, then who killed, uh, you know, that's Nora not Allen? No, maybe not, but, like, not but, it, but it could have been, like, but it could have been an extra detail that would have also then tied into Why, that personal aspect of the story. What you have to do by that time is, like, you've got to find a way to have, you know, younger Flash decide to sort of end this. The problem is that he thinks he can keep going back over and over again and changing things. Like, when you re keep reusing this power of time travel, you think that if you go just go back far enough, you can fix it. And no. Eventually, he kind of just gets... He kind of fast-tracks himself to seeing the result of that. And so, when he dies, basically, regular Flash has a chance to just put everything back the way it was. It's it's a tricky thing because yeah. it's like how do you end that and make it convincing? I'm not sure. It, it, but it, this was their stab at it. It's, I'm not saying it's particularly effective, but I also defy you to come up with a better way. But, yeah. Well, I, but Matt said it. You have reverse flash. Yeah. Eh. So, the thing is, the funny thing is that the, they had they tell the line dialogue with the thing that this, a housebreaker might have come in and thought that it was empty and stabbed his mom by accident. So I don't know if that's really the story that went within that timeline where they're, they're saving reverse flash for a sequel to show up it's like ha i was the one who really killed your mom flash uh, it was me eobard all along so it's just, <laughs> that could be that could be true yeah maybe they're saving that for well good luck with that sequel but um speaking yeah. of sequels let's talk about the end credit scene basically nothing no <laughs> well i think they flash and a drunk aquaman on the street 
Yeah. And it's just like, it's not setting up anything. It's not saying what's coming next because nobody knows what's coming next. No. Because there's nothing to foreshadow. Well, Aquaman 2 is like the end of this whole run, right? I guess. I guess. Well, we'll see. And Blue Beetle before that. Well, we'll see how much Blue... I feel like Blue Beetle is like the... Like the, the it's like the music act that goes on when like everyone else goes to like grab drinks. Um, I'm not trying to put down Blue Blue Beetle too much, but like he, know, he's kind like of he's a putting down Blue Beetle, man. What he's kind of a minor character. He is a minor character, but he's a lovable minor character. Okay. Trailer um. look hella lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of lame, but you know. I'm gonna see that movie. I'm I'm not sure if I will. I might have to finally skip one. I mean, it can't be worse than Black Adam, though. That's true. Black Adam, I think, might be one of the nadirs of the se- series. One of the nadirs. <laughs> no, this entire well, experience has just been nadir. From, from Man of Steel, we have not had a high point. No, no, that's not true. Like, no, it's like we dove to the Marianas no. Trench and we tried to find anthills. It's That's just like, true. what are you talking no, about? We've had, we've had Aquaman, we've had Birds of we've Prey, had the, and we had the Suicide Squad. Yeah, okay. Wonder Aquaman, Woman was yes. good, too. Aquaman is our very nice underwater mountain. I, yeah. Well, and, I, and you know what? I would say that, like, if you want to, like, kind of group this in, even though Zack Snyder doesn't officially have anything to do with this movie, as a, quote, Snyderverse movie, like, in terms of the dramatic stuff, I think this works more than what he was doing in his movies. At yeah. the same time, it has the weaknesses of those movies. Yeah, well, the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not purely like a Snyder vs. Oman. Like, there's what... fun to it. Yeah. No, no, there is fun. That's what I mean. It is like a good chunk of this movie. Like, if I, if I almost want to like... I want to rewatch just like the first half hour of this movie because it's like, oh, oh, this is how you can do one of these movies. You can actually make it colorful and exciting and a li- and like just enough self knowing that like these movies need um, yeah. until it's you know, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so I, I almost like when I was like watching the end credits, I was typing out like a quick thing. Uh, to Corey and I was writing something like a status on my movie social media letterboxed. I kind of look at this as like Schrodinger's Batcave. It's like it's both satisfying and unsatisfying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why expectations enough that, and it'll be fine. That's why I said I'm mixed on it. Like I don't think it's all I think actually a lot of it is fun, but a lot of it is still frustrating and it's just the tonal inconsistency of it all like that we have this big dramatic set piece and we're still gonna jam in like a big like like rock song like over this action scene and it just like kind of makes me feel like oh okay this <laughs> we're doing oh, this now this. no I mean it. it's like it should be like, so not... exciting when you see the two flashes like you know, go to town and like attack people because you're suddenly seeing the younger Flash really come into his own. But it's like, oh, you had to like. Of course, we have to put a song on top of it. You know, eh, that was okay. But eh. uh, 
They took a taxi from Chunso City to Gotham City. How much did that cost? <laughs> well, Gotham City is right across the river from Metropolis, so I assume that Central City is like just next door. But they saw in the opening scene he runs like across mountains and lakes and like it looks like a couple states to get to Gotham. Like it's not like a quick run. Mm. Well, that that's a little more of a nitpick, I think. <laughs> Well, you have a point, though. Yeah. Well, they, they traveled by map, like <laughs> a lot of the Muppets. All right. Um, so I guess I kind of shared my final thoughts right there. Like, do you guys have any other thoughts about these about this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've run. I think we've run out of steam. We don't have any more food to eat. Um, Matt, anything else? Uh. I mean, it's mostly good, except for the parts that weren't. But, I mean, you could probably tell which parts those are going to be just by watching the trailers. So, I mean, yeah. you should have a heads up on what you're going to not enjoy. Yeah. It's I, not particularly deep, but it's not offensive either. My my final thought is I'm glad they cast Maribel Verdu. Me too. She was she was great. Yes. I really liked her in, in Blanca Nieves. Did you ever see that? No, but I mean, I know you know I've seen you two Mama Tom began and you know Pan's Labyrinth, right. so I look, I should check that out. That's it's the the bullfighting version of Snow White. Ooh, black and white. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. All right. So if you guys have seen the Flash and want to share any of your flashiest thoughts to us, uh, it's Wages of Cinema at Gmail dot com and uh, the. Uh, Instagrams and Twitters and all that. Matt, where can you be Twittered? Uh, MattTheCatania.wordpress.com is the blog. And then, yeah, all the socials have, like, the same name. But, yeah, go read the blog because that's where the meaty stuff happens. Yes, and I'm, I'm, you'll get many links to things, you know, that Matt will help fill you in on if you want more uh, gaps filled things uh um, nobody ever clicks them so what am i even doing? i've clicked on some of them <laughs> <laughs> all right so next time we probably will have something not comic book related because uh, <laughs> i can't think of too many other things this summer aside from blue beetle that is comic booky coming out this summer um and uh i'm pretty sure oppenheimer is based on a comic book <laughs> The Manhattan Project. <laughs> yes. Jonathan Hickman joint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time, I am Flashjack. Oh, I'm Andrew. Yeah. And Matt? I was Matt, but now I'm not. Oh, no. <laughs> and the wages of cinema is... Good night. not Clark. My name is Kara. I, I'm well, Barry. Barry. Barry, what are you doing? Our kids are going to want to see this.